Today on episode three of the Cardboard Guru and Collectibles podcast, we're going to look at 1950 sports cards, baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. So let's get into it. Okay, welcome everyone to episode three of the podcast. Today we're going to get into 1950 sports cards. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk football, basketball, and hockey. We'll start off with baseball. Uh, just because it's the oldest of the sports cards, even though in vicinity the other sports are also in the 50s, some starting there like basketball. But baseball's been around since the 1890s, so we'll start with baseball first and we'll go from there. So let's do it. A quick note before we get into baseball if you look at Wheaton Auctions, they just sold a bunch of Uncle Jimmy's collection, a lot of it PSA graded, mid grades. Uh, uh, Gowdy, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Babe Ruth, autograph cards. I think the Ruth sold for, it was like an 8 grade on the autograph. It sold for like 450000 So like I mentioned in a previous episode, take a look at auction sites because they have a lot of high-end stuff, good vintage stuff, but it's just a good education on what's out there and what the high-end spectrum looks like moving forward and just to have a general knowledge of it. So with that, let's get into 1950s baseball. All right, we're going to focus on Bowman and Topps. There's some other small brand cards in the 50s, like Bread and Coca-Cola and Ice Cream Companies have their own cards, Team Cards, Burke Ross, and such. We'll focus on that at another time. But the key thing here, mostly 52 Topps, the first year of Topps, and 51 Bowman with Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays rookies. So if you can find Mays and Mantle and others, Hall of Fame players from 51 Bowman, I would say grab those. Very good. Same with 50 Bowman. Good cards to have uh, very early on, but they're starting to turn the corner into modern sports cards, especially with 52 tops. They put it out there with six series groups so six different groups of cards i think they focused on some of the new york teams for the first set uh there was no ted williams and whitey ford in the set because of the korean war they were serving uh there was no stan musual in the 52 top set because uh stan was under contract with bowman so a big thing with this era and this decade Players were under contract with one of the other companies, so they couldn't be in both sets those years. So we'll see that moving forward here. So a quick side note, in 1986 in Lowell, Mass., Al Mr. Mint Rosen was had a collection of 75 mantles and 5,500 gem mint cards from 52 Tops. So it's known as the find. So it's very popular, very big story for the hobby. So if you want to do more research on that, check it out. I read a little bit into it. It's very cool. Um, pristine condition. A lot of the cards were untouched. So very cool, very high value. Awesome. So moving on, uh, they had 53 tops, 54 Bowman. One of the hobby's greatest rarities was number 66 Ted Williams. Um, Mantle was under contract with Bowman too, so he wasn't in the key 54 top set with Ernie Banks rookie, Hank Aaron rookie, 
Al Kaline rookie. Those guys were all, Tommy Lasorda rookie, was all 54 tops. But that key set, which is a great set to have, any cards from 54 tops, Mantle was not in there because he was under contract with Bowman. Uh, Ted Williams was back from the military, so that was his first set back. So he's number one in the set and number 250. So both cards. I think number one is the yellow background and number 250 is orange. Or I have it reversed. But you'll see those. Uh, very cool cards, very key ones to have from the 50s, and especially from 54 tops. So 55, 55 Bowman was the final year for Bowman baseball. So you'll now see that tops buys out Bowman as they're growing during mid-decade and becoming very big, very huge, very popular. So... They're starting to monopolize the market. And 55 Tops was the first horizontal format for cards. These you have Koufax Rookie, Clemente Rookie, and Killebrew Rookies. So once again, another key set, 55 Tops, along with 54 Tops, Clemente, Koufax, Killebrew. Key cards to own if you can find them, like I said before. You can't own everything, and we're not all going to be able to own 9 and 10 grade stuff. But looking at these 50 cards, man, if you can get some 4s and 5s of each one of these cards somehow. Maybe not the 51 Maze and Mantle, but 54 Hank Aaron and Ernie Banks and 55 Koufax and 55 Clemente. I know they go up into the thousands a little bit. A four and a five, you're probably talking like two to three thousand, I think, for some of them. But if you can find a way, you know, always look at auction sites, look at garage sales, go around in your communities, always have those, you know, the spidey sense. You need to get out there, not focus on eBay and auction sites. Auction sites, obviously, buyers premium, they're going to be more expensive, it's very difficult. eBay. You're going to have a lot of bidders on there. A lot of people know what they're doing. Same thing with auction sites. But, you know, you got to find the rare places, the garage sales. you got to get out there, flea markets, malls. Uh, with the pandemic going on, a lot of businesses closing, maybe you can find some deals. Go to your local card shop. Hopefully they're not going out of business because we want to keep the hobby going and growing. But, you know, unfortunately, some places close. So if you can find anything, it doesn't have to be 1950s baseball cards, any cards in general, stuff that you like, stuff in good shape, and you have a good find, then that's great. So then we got 56 tops. Obviously, Mickey Mantle's triple crown year, another horizontal format, white backs and gray backs. You're looking for gray backs from 1 to... 130 I believe and then 130 to the back end in the card set you want the white backs have a premium to them and a rarity to them 57 tops Frank Robinson rookie Brooks Robinson rookies so key cards to have 58 tops was also very important so had 58 tops with Roger Maris rookie 
A key thing on this set, the letters up above their name, above their heads in the portrait, they have white letters and yellow letters, so yellow being more rare. So if you come across like a Hank Aaron 1958 and his name is in yellow, you want to buy that if you can get it. 59 tops, Bob Gibson rookie, very important. Um, you're going to see a lot of like checklists coming out at this time, more rarities, checklists, you know, Back in the wax era, when I was growing up, early 90s, you know, who cared about the checklist? There was a million of them. You threw them away. You didn't really care. You might have used them for marking off what you had obtained for the cards of the set. But back in the day, late 50s, with other sports too, like football, they put checklists in and they are a real rarity. They put just a few. They didn't put mass production on the checklist so same thing with you know moving forward 60s 70s 80s the checklists are very rare to find high grade so you know from 1990 on they're crap but back in the day checklists were a rare find and if you can find them in mint condition that's a great card to have so let's move over to the gridiron and talk some football 1950s mostly bowman tops buys bowman in 1956 for their first set so 48 1949 we have leaf we have sammy Ba rookie in 1949 if you can get your hands on 48 and 49 leaf that's very good those are key sets but 1950s so 50 bowman we have y.a tittle lou groza marion motley autogram rookies it's the first full color set after World War II. So as you can see, with baseball we talked about, now football, it's coming due for modern cards. The war is over. The Korean War is about to begin in that time. But with that being over shortly, then cards are really starting to crank it up. So 51 Bowman, Norm Van Brocklin, Tom Landry rookies. 52 Bowman, large and small size. Keep an eye on the large size. It rivaled tops with design and size, rookie stars, Hall of Famers, and scarcity. So if you can find some 52 large Bowman football cards, those are great to have. 53 Bowman, only producer of football cards that year. So like I said before, Bowman pretty much ruled until 1956. Pat Summerall, rookie, 1955 Bowman. 57 tops. This is where it all begins, really. Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr, Paul Hornig, checklist cards, and era cards all start out in the hobby. So here we go again. The rarities are coming with the checklist cards and era cards. We all know era cards today, but mostly back in the day, those are great finds to have. More valuable then than today. Some today, but mostly back in the day for vintage 58 tops jim brown sonny jurgensen so once again 57 tops is really the big one 52 bowman large is the big one but you know jim brown johnny unitas bart star and then going back to autogram 1950 bowman 49 leaf sammy baugh once again quarterbacks are your big stars jim brown with a running back so you got a few running back rookies mostly quarterback rookies in football vintage 
So keep an eye out for those. And like I said about baseball, you're not going to have 8s and 9s and 10s in your collection for every single thing. But if you can get 4s and 5s, even hell, 6s or 7s, that's great. So that's it for football. You know, vintage is starting to go up. Football is now America's sport and pastime. Baseball is running out of popularity. So that doesn't mean that baseball has lost its value. So don't get fooled by that. All that means is that football is going to be going up in value in the next 5, 10, 15 years. It's probably still at a decent amount to collect and to invest in for long term. So get in on that football now. I've heard some people talking in the hobby that they're interested in vintage football. So keep an eye out for those. Go out into your communities. Go to your local hobby card shops. Check out what they have on display. See if you can get some good deals. Uh, keep an eye out for Bowman on eBay. I think you can get some great deals on vintage football. Also, after the season as well. Even though we've discussed before about sports being 24-7 with social media. But still, there's always a downturn after basketball has just got done in the bubble. The price has dropped a little bit. So the prices won't always be high. You just got to have that watchful eye and know your stuff. Like I said in Hobby Education Episode 1, have that knowledge. So whenever you're out and about, wherever you're online, whatever you're doing, something comes across your way, you know exactly what it is. That's what it comes down to. It's not always about the price. It's not about the grade. It's about knowing what's in front of you, what people have, what people are selling, what comes across you know, in your path. So keep an eye out for all that stuff. So let's transition over to basketball now, which is quite interesting. Okay, so for basketball, it's pretty simple. Tops came out, debuted 1957. Bill Russell rookie, along with some other Celtics in the league. Their rookie cards, Kuzi, Tommy Heinsohn. Then it comes down to 1961 Fleer, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, Oscar Robinson, rookies. So, and a few other guys in there. 61 Fleer is a big key set for basketball because it's pretty much the first modern set after 57 Tops. 57 Tops has a lot of rarities because it was on a press, how they made the cards. So there's a lot of snowflaking in the black background because they were more used for like photographs for the cards. So how they made them. So to find them in a nice, clear, crisp picture without the snowflake in the background, the speckles on the black background, um, it's very hard to find, especially in a decent grade. So check out for that for 57 Tops and 61 Fleer. is pretty much your two big vintage sets before you get into the Kareem's and the modern cards you know, the late 60s and then into the 70s, which the values are going up. And we will discuss those 60s and 70s basketball cards on an episode coming up. But for the old vintage stuff, basketball really has two sets, 57 tops and 61 Fleer. 61 Fleer, probably more popular. The only really thing about 57 tops is the Bill Russell rookie card. But 61 Fleer, it's where it's at. 
It's got the in-action subset cards. It's got a great, you know, color to them, layout design to the cards. Very cool, very sharp. If you've seen them, they have those subset in-actions where it shows the player going to the hoop or whatever. But their basic rookie cards are like the Oscar Robinson and the Wilts. You know, just the layout and the color. Very sharp looking. So if you can add some 61 Fleer basketball, do it. Because that set will be, is pretty much like the 52 top set. Or the 54 tops of baseball. 61 Fleer basketball is the set to own. So... Anything you can get, Jerry West, the big O, Wilt, all those guys, 1961 Fleer, get your hands on those guys, very important to have. Okay, so now let's transition to hockey, my least knowledgeable sport when it comes to cards, which I'm studying and learning more about. Um, you know, 54 tops was the first year for hockey uh, for Tops that got into it, it was mostly Parkhurst, which is a Canadian company. So they go back a little further ways. But, you know, mostly Gordie Howe. I think 51 Parkhurst is his rookie. You know, he's on 54 Tops. A lot of these cards were well distributed, but they're, you know, have a lot of borders. Like the Gretzky, the 79 Gretzky, the blue borders, they chip easily. So you're going to see a lot of that with the vintage cards. The way they're designed... They chip easily on the edges and the corners with the colors that they have. So, you know, Gordie Howe, Bobby Orr is not till 66. I'm learning the players and the years. Um, but hockey is the least one I know about as far as individual players and Hall of Famers and all that. So, But basically in the 50s, you have Tops and Parker. So when you're looking at those vintage stuffs, you know, you know Gordie Howe is going to be the highest price player probably for both sets so but just keep an eye out if you come across parkhurst or tops from the 50s they're still valuable especially in high grade they're hard to find so if you find them in a garage sale or you come across them or somebody's selling them a friend of a friend or a neighbor or whatever you'll still have enough information that those are the two sets to look at Parkhurst were a little bit smaller cards until Tops came along and then, you know, they battled out for similar size and whatnot. So it goes between all sports like baseball early before 1950s. The size of the cards, you're going to see a lot of that become modern from 1957 is when the cards start, you know, being what they are today as far as the size of them. The modern day... um baseline so with that we'll do a little summary we'll wrap things up and then we'll do a preview of episode four so let's do it so to summarize today's episode we went through 1950 sports cards baseball football basketball and hockey baseball having more options available because of its age but that doesn't mean the other three sports don't hold any long-term value so keep in mind when you're looking for these cards that you're probably not going to have nines and tens in your collection, but you can get three, four, five, six, and maybe even some sevens. Keep an eye out on the years, the rookies, the tips that I gave you, the also the qualifiers, which we've talked about in other episodes. Definitely a lot of qualifiers in the vintage. Check out for checklists and errors and rarities. Do your homework. Make sure you know what you're looking at. 
Don't buy any fakes. Be very careful. Be mindful. Population reports are probably going to stay the same for the most part. There won't be any new submissions because these cards are pretty much set to where they are. Unless we unearth some cards like we talked about with these elder people holding collections for all their lives and they're close to 100 years old and we find them in an attic or whatever. But for the most part, they are what they are and their values will continue to rise. So, with that being said, let's wrap this up and let's preview episode four of the Cardboard Guru and Collectibles podcast. Coming up on episode four of the Cardboard Guru and Collectibles podcast, we're going to take a break from sports cards and we're going to delve into some comic books, look at some early Marvel, some early DC, and other iconic issues, and see if there's any possibility of owning these in our collections. So thanks for listening here on the podcast. Have a great day. Keep your ears and eyes open for any cards that come across your way. Know what you're doing, know what you're looking at, and we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening. Adios. Thank you.